host, Amanda. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day, night, morning, wherever you are listening to this. I am sitting here in my office and I'm feeling a little hung, a little hungover. (laughs) I went to a Billy Strings concert last night. And if you guys don't know who Billy Strings is, he is this amazing bluegrass artist that I was introduced to last year by some friends of ours who go to like all of their concerts. And I had the opportunity to go to my first Billy Strings concert last night. And if if you guys are unfamiliar with him, take a moment to go like listen to his music after this podcast. But just know he has such a cult following. I mean, people will fly across the country to just like be his groupie, go to every single one of his shows. And so the people that I was with last night were going, I mean, have gone to so many of his shows. My husband has gone to, that was his third. He's going again. And that was my first. Turns out though, the night that we choose for me to go to my first Billy Strings concert, it was torrential downpour. Now I live in Colorado. When it rains, it sometimes will snow. Thankfully, that didn't happen. But when it rains, it rains because it doesn't rain often. Colorado is like 360 days of sunshine. So even in this in this winter, it's sunny. But last night was like the worst weather we've seen in Colorado. I've seen in Colorado in in years and turns out that I just happened to be going to an outdoor concert that night. So I went to Red Rocks and, you know, it was still an experience. It was still a time. I had a really great time. I drank a beer, I had a tequila shot and I had a little canned margarita, took a little mushrooms and honestly, I woke up this morning feeling like I got hit by a bus and I don't know why? Because truthfully, I'm I'm the type of girly that can like handle a few a few drinks. I can handle like two to three drinks, right? And it doesn't even matter to me if it's if I'm mixing things because I only really mixed beer and tequila. And if I mix beer with like one type of hard liquor, I'm totally fine. And I had three drinks over the span of I don't know five hours. But I woke up this morning and I did not recognize myself. <laughs> My face was so puffy. Thank God for the skinny confidential ice roller. And uh, I was just, uh, somebody said to me on Instagram that when you go through a spiritual awakening and you become more spiritual, that your body starts to tolerate alcohol less because you're just more sensitive to the energetics. And I totally feel that. And uh, it, even though I had a really great night and even though it was it was pouring i mean we we were not prepared okay people showed up in their ski outfits with ponchos and umbrellas and here lucas and i are you know i'm trying to look cute at one of my first red red actually it was my first red rock show of the year i'm trying to look cute so i have my my new cowboy boots on my jeans and like a cute shirt a billy strings like t-shirt and then i had a, a hoodie over top and then i had like a water resistant sweater, sweatshirt, whatever you want to call it on over top of that, which actually kept me warm, but did not keep me from getting wet. And so we were literally standing in the line to get into Red Rocks, like just getting poured on. And then while we were in Red Rocks, while we were in the concert, just continuing to get poured on. So by the end of it, I mean, I was walking in puddles. My boots were puddles. Lucas was like, my balls are freezing. They're wet. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we had a dip after the first set, but it was still a beautiful night. And I just really resonate with when you become more spiritually awakened, spiritually well-versed, I, I, I'll say, I do feel like your body is sensitive to the energetics of alcohol because like you're vibrating on such a high frequency most of the time. Like you've you've really learned how to bring yourself into higher, higher frequencies and then alcohol is just kind of like a low vibration. So maybe that's it. Maybe my body is like, mm, we don't need this. Anyway, I feel a lot better now. I went for a walk. And today I wanted to talk about the topic of manifestation, speaking of spirituality, because I think manifestation is something that is really important and we can actually utilize for really amazing things to happen in our life, to be able to take our dreams and turn them into reality. But I think that the way manifestation is explained on the internet is kind of bullshit. And I think the the internet, like most things... (laughs) ruined manifestation in a way or the way that we educate people about manifestation and then therefore the way that we apply it. So I want to talk about it. I want to break it down. Okay. The first thing I I want to start off with is what is manifestation? And this actually was my favorite part of researching for this podcast episode was actually getting into the definitions of manifestation. I was an English major. If you guys have been following me for a while, you know this because I say it probably every podcast, but I'm obsessed with language for that reason and words. And I just love how versatile words can be and how they can be interpreted and how you can use them and how you can play with them. And so when I was looking to talk about this topic, I pulled up Google, I pulled up Wikipedia, and I just typed in definition of manifestation. And so here are a few of the definitions for anybody who is curious. And to just give you a more well-rounded picture of what it is. So manifestation per Google is an event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or an abstract idea. So it's basically like theory or an abstract idea becoming an embodiment, becoming an action or an event or an object. Another definition is a symptom or a sign of an ailment. So basically like the manifestation of the illness could be the, the symptom. And then the third one is physical display or action. And then my favorite one that I pulled from Wikipedia that I thought was really funny was manifestation refers to various pseudoscientific self-help strategies that can purportedly make an individual's wishes come true by mentally visualizing them. Manifestation techniques are based on the law of attraction and of new thought spirituality. I I think that last definition is really funny because it kind of speaks to my my opinion on the fact that I think the internet ruined manifestation is pseudoscientific self-help strategy. Like that sentence right there is like just kind of shows you how manifestation has kind of gotten a bad rep. And then it says purportedly make an individual's wishes come true by mentally visualizing them. And I'll get into why this hits the nail on the head of why the internet ruined manifestation. But before we do, I want to talk about what my idea of manifestation is, like my definition. And for me, manifestation really is the practice of using the mind, the body, and the soul to bring your visualization. That word is so complicated. Visualizations to life. So it's mind, body, soul, all of those things working together to bring 
your visualizations to life. And so basically what I mean by that is like it's the practice of marrying the mental, which is the dreaming, the brainstorming, the ideating with the soul, which is figuring out what what actually feels aligned and authentic and true. And then finally, as well with the body, which is the taking action piece. It's actually physically working towards your dreams once you ideate them, brainstorm them, check in with your soul to see if they feel aligned and then take action on them to make them become a reality. That is my definition of manifestation. Before I get into the internet and trends and why I think the internet kind of ruined manifestation for people, I want to talk about the law of attraction because in that pseudoscientific self-help strategy definition from Wikipedia, I love that they mentioned law of attraction because there really is some science to be said about manifestation and you can also look at it with the law of attraction. So Basically, for anybody listening, the the law of attraction basically just states that like attracts like, okay? We learned this in science classes growing up. And some examples of this could be, you know, if you ever are stressed and worried about money, you might find that more bills are coming your way or you're you're needing to spend more money on things. You might be having more of a lack in your finances if you are constantly stressed or worried or fearful of money. So like attracts like. Your, your fear and your worrying about money is going to attract the lack thereof. The other example could be if you are constantly worried about your health, right? Then you are going to manifest that worry into actual symptoms. This is also like being a hypochondriac. And I totally resonate with this, okay? I had a mole on my back that I didn't know because it's on my back. And I went and got acupuncture on like my my mom day off. I was taking like four hours to myself on a Saturday. Lucas had the boys. I was like, I'm going to go get coffee with a friend. I'm going to go to get acupuncture and have like a zen, a zen acu-stoned experience. And I get there and my acupuncturist is cupping me as well. And she takes a picture of the mole on my back and we're talking, we're chatting. And then she's like sticks me with all the the needles, the acupuncture needles. And then she goes, by the way, you have a mole on your back. I'm going to send you a picture of it. And I want you to go get it checked because she's like, I had scarsoma. I think that's what it's called, which is like a step below melanoma. So she's like, I'm hyper aware of these things. So I just want you to know that and then go get it checked and see what's going on. So I'm laying there literally after she's sticking me with the needles, wanting to be Zen, but thinking I have skin cancer the whole time. <laughs> Turns out I go and get it checked. They remove it because it does look atypical. I They sent it in for a biopsy and then I literally just got the call today that it was totally benign. But this whole time I've been like, this is potentially my last time seeing a concert. This is like thinking my world's going to fuck, thinking I have skin cancer and I'm going to die. Like I felt like the dad on White Lotus who thinks he has ball cancer because he had swollen balls. And like this whole time he is thinking his life is over. And then when he gets the call that it's totally fine, he's like, has this new perspective on life. (laughs) That's me. But that's also hypochondriac, right? Where You're constantly worried about your health and then in turn, you are going to pick up on on not feeling well. If you're constantly worried like you have an illness, you're going to make yourself ill because you're going to manifest that in the present, right? So like attract likes, likes, like attracts like, (laughs) can't talk today. Worrying about your health will 
actually then attract poorer health. And then finally, this is an example that's very fitting for me as well is if you have baby fever, you'll probably attract a baby into your life because that's what I did. I had baby fever for like, I don't know, two months and then boom, got pregnant. And like, this is coming from somebody who never even thought about having kids really that much. Like I knew I wanted them, but it wasn't like my end all. And like didn't want to have them anytime soon. And then all of a sudden I got baby fever and two months later I was pregnant. (laughs) So ladies, if you have baby fever, just know, just know that's a sign. Like attracts like it's coming. (laughs) But anyway, that's really law of attraction is like, like attracts like. So the, the problem with a lot of the the internet's thinking on manifestation is it it really is rooted in the mental. It's rooted in like thought, like your thoughts create your reality, which they do. But what people don't also realize is like your feeling creates reality because your emotions is literally just energy in motion. But everything around us, the universe, source, whatever you want to say, God, nature, that's all energy too. So energy is the way that we communicate with like spirit and God and nature and, and like different frequencies and based in, if you want to go a step further is like different frequencies, but also like different potential realities for you. And so when we're talking about the law of attraction, it's important to understand it's like so much on your emotion, so much on your feeling. You need to raise however you're feeling in order to attract what you want. So like manifestation isn't just about like, I want this house, right? It's really also about like, I want a house that makes me feel like I can come in at the end of my workday and relax. So it's more about like a feeling that you're immersing your body in. And therefore that feeling, that energy, that emotion inside of you is going to raise your frequency and then send out that feeling into the universe so that it attracts. Does that make sense? So the the first reason I think it's important to mention law of attraction is because we can, it's, it, this is how manifestation can really work. But I think that the internet has ruined it a little bit because we often leave out that energy in motion part, that emotion part, the feelings. Man, uh, manifestation practices that I see, I feel like on the internet are are always based in like thought, self-talk, which is important, but there's a conversation that we're not having, a couple conversations that we're not having. And one of them is, is the emotions piece. It's huge. And so what I want to get into now is more about why I think the internet has ruined manifestation. And I want to get into specifically a few trends that I've seen that I just kind of, they give me the ick every every single time I see them. And this is not to like shame anybody for using them. I just think that it's, again, it's the way that we're using them, right? It's not the practice itself. It's the way that we're being educated about these practices because the reason that they're working for people is not actually the reason that they're explaining to you. And so the, the whole lucky girl syndrome, I'm sure you guys have heard this, right? It's like, oh, just tell yourself I'm so lucky. Like I just wake wake up in every morning and say I'm so lucky. Things always happen for me, right? Like I'm so lucky. And this is this is really, you know, important. It's true because what this will do, telling yourself like I'm so lucky, I'm, you know, I I everything happens for me, it's going to raise your frequency. And it's talking about self-talk. So it's rewiring the way that you speak to yourself so that you are in that frequency of receiving that same 
um, energy back. Like attracts like, law of attraction, okay? It's also about changing your mind because your thoughts create your reality, okay? But the conversation that I feel like is important to mention is like what we're hitting on here is your reticular activating system. This is a part of your brain that basically acts as a filter for for whatever it is that you tell yourself, okay? So if you've ever been like, oh my gosh, I really want a Tesla, like I love Teslas, I'm sure that that day that you declared that you want a Tesla, you saw so many more motherfucking Teslas. And it's because whatever you put into your mind as like a thought that you want, and then you tie it with an emotion of like, oh my gosh, desire, I want that. Your brain's going to create a filter for it using your reticular activating system. And it's going to basically create a filter of like all of the things that can give you that, right? So like all the possibilities, all the opportunities, all the people that might get you there, the, the, things that that you should do to get you there. It's going to create like a, a lane of opportunity and possibility for that thing to actually come true. So that's why lucky girl syndrome is kind of a thing is because saying to yourself, I'm so lucky, like everything happens for me. I'm so lucky. You're going to create a filter of like, I'm so lucky things just happen for me. Things just work, work out for me. And so it's not necessarily that things all of a sudden are going to start working out for you. It's that you're going to actually just like train your mind to start noticing that things are happening more for you. And it's like a reframe. So maybe you wouldn't have seen this guy cutting you off in uh, in traffic as everything happens for me. I'm so lucky. But maybe you do today because maybe that guy that, you know, swerved in front of you made you, I don't know, like, avoid a crash or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it creates this lens that shifts our perspective and then therefore shifts the way that we think about things, which is great, which is what we need to actually manifest things into our reality. But again, it's like, it's, it's a larger conversation. And so what this is hitting on that I really love is like the mind, right? And again, like all of these things, I'm not shitting on the practice. I'm shitting on the application. (laughs) So like lucky girl syndrome, it's great, but it just hits on one piece of the puzzle, which is that mindset piece. Okay. So that's lucky girl syndrome. The other one is the three, six, nine method. And I actually just saw this as I was researching for this episode. And this is basically where you take your journal, you write down what it is that you're manifesting three times, and then you write down six times why you're manifesting it. And then you write down nine times how it makes you feel. And so if you're listening to this and you're just like, yep, checked out, like I'm right there with you, girlfriend, because (laughs) this is just like, this just feels so redundant to me. But again, there's some truth in it, right? And I love that actually it it ties in the how it makes you feel part because this is the whole thing. And I, I feel like to really paint you a picture, I have to explain something that I explain for women in my cultivating connection experience group course. And it's, it's thought, it's a thought process from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And basically what his work is about is it's a lot with manifestation, but a lot with visualization and the way that I like to explain it, which was his words, but I'm using them in my own words is it's kind of like PTSD, but in reverse and without the trauma. Okay just stick with me. (laughs) PTSD is a past experience being felt in the present moment in the body. Okay. PTSD is a past experience being felt in the present body. 
And what this means, what this tells us is that our bodies don't know the difference between past, present, and future. It doesn't know time. And so when we think about PTSD, it also tells us that our emotions are basically memories of experiences and how it made us feel. Our body basically takes a snapshot, a picture of what it is that's happening, how it's making us feel, and then stores it in the body so that next time it can either like activate fight or flight if that was a traumatizing experience or we just know how to navigate it better. Or that's like why nostalgia is a thing too. It's like, your body will take a snapshot of of experience that was so happy in the past and you're going to remember that feeling and that's nostalgia okay so the way that you can you can think about manifestation is it, through visualization practices is that if our bodies don't know the difference between past present or future because of emotions and how they're basically memories okay in the body like feelings, memories, then we can also play on this to manifest the reality that we want in the future, which means that if you want to manifest something into your reality, say you have a big dream, okay, you have a big goal. If you want to actualize that, you need to talk to yourself like it's already happened. But a step further, you need to feel that it's already happened in the body truly get yourself to feel what actualizing that reality for you would feel like. So say it's like you're trying to manifest a new house right now. You would visualize that house depending on if you're a specific or a non-specific manifester. And if you don't know, schedule a human design reading with me because I can figure it out for you. And it's really important in the manifestation process because it's it's how you, you'll actualize your reality or that goal that you want. So say for me, I'm a specific manifester and I'm say I'm manifesting a new house, okay? I am getting super specific. I am saying I want a white brick house in a suburb where I still have a lot of land. I want it to be two stories. I want there to be a lot of light. I want there to be a window above the kitchen sink. I want it to be a big open floor plan. I want to have a a cozy fireplace and some plants everywhere. And, you know, I'm getting really specific. But more than that, I'm asking myself, okay, and then how would this house make me feel? What would this house provide me? Well, it would provide me a feeling of being so cozy and relaxed and, you know, I would wake up in the morning feeling so much joy because there's so much sun. And so getting my body to feel those emotions of coziness and joy, that's actually how you can you can manifest is if you allow your body to feel what that would afford you in in the present right now and think that you already have it. And this isn't to like be delusional and like, oh, I already have all the things I want, so I don't need to like keep taking action, okay? That's why I hate the way that that the internet has been talking about manifestation is because I think a lot of it is and, – and I'll move on to the self-concept method in a minute, but I think a lot of it is like write it down, think it out, feel it, and let it go. And it's like that's the mind and the soul. That's the mind, the thoughts, and your soul and emotions. But – Where's the body portion? And I'll get into it in a second. The last one that I want to talk about before I get into it is the self-concept method that I've been seeing, which is basically like start to believe that you're X, Y, and Z 
because that's how you're going to be perceived. So like if you want to be perceived as confident, you have to start being confident, whether you feel it or not. If you want to start being perceived as um, worthy from other people, you need to start believing that you're worthy. And so again, all of these, these concepts are great and they're great to, to embody, but there's a missing piece. Okay. Because all of these things are hitting on your mindset, your self-talk, your thoughts, and your emotions about yourself, which is amazing. And in your beliefs, your belief system. Okay. Because what I always say is your thoughts, your beliefs, and your emotions are like the gasoline to your car. They're like the fuel to your actions. Okay. So your thoughts, your beliefs, and your emotions are like the fuel to your actions. What you believe about yourself is what you're going to feel about yourself. What you feel about yourself is what you're going to think about yourself. What you think about yourself is what you're going to do about yourself. That's how habits are created. And so that's why when I do any work with my one-on-one clients or in my five-week group course, The Cultivating Connection Experience, we always start with beliefs. And then we talk about how to release those beliefs. And then we talk about inner child and we talk about the energy of emotions and we talk about self-talk and language. But we start there. And at the very end is when we talk about the action steps, the the body, okay? So I love like the trajectory of this. It's like start with the beliefs, start with the mind, start with the emotions. But the way that the interview, the internet has just been like, okay, you're done. You, you've talked about your beliefs, your emotions, your thoughts, um, your self-talk, your mindset. Done. Like just let it go and, and just wait. Be patient. Wait for it to manifest. Like, no, it doesn't stop there. And so what I would love to see be a conversation is like, okay, so now that we have the mindset, now that we have the the beliefs worked out, we don't have any limitations there. Now that we have the emotions figured out where we know that we we are our emotions in a way where like we will really think whatever we feel. So let's clear anything we don't want to feel and let's actually like figure out how we can use our emotions to draw in the reality that we want, law of attraction, like attracts like. Now, how do we actually step into that reality? And this is what people aren't talking about. What I want people to know is that once you've done the mindset work, once you've done the soul work, once you've done, you know, the thoughts and the emotions and the beliefs, now it's time to focus on the body the action orientation, the action steps. And what I really like is, okay, so now that we've, you know, we've visualized, we've made a vision board, we've worked on our self-talk, we've cleared the limiting beliefs, we've figured out, you know, the emotions that are holding us back. Now it's about how can you take aligned action? And the ways that I really like to do this is a couple different things. One thing is that you can use the self-talk concept to fuel your action, right? Because thoughts will also fuel your actions. So you can ask yourself, what would the version of Amanda who wants that future home do right now? Or what would my highest self do? It's like sort of like what would Jesus do, right? But like what would your highest self do? What would the version of yourself who has actualized that goal do? And then follow the suit, okay? So it's like stepping into that reality already and asking yourself what action would that version of myself take and then doing that. 
Okay. So it's not enough to just like write down your manifestations three times and then six times, you know, what it would bring you or whatever the fuck. Like you have to write it down, feel it, and take a lined action. Okay. So that's the first one that I always like to tell people is like, ask yourself, what would what would my highest self do? What would the version of myself who has actualized this goal do? And then do that thing. And then the other one is what I like to call a dream big backwards. Okay. So it's basically taking your, your big dream, starting there, starting at the, okay, I've actualized my, my big dream and working backwards and asking yourself, like, what are all of the little steps that I would have to do, the action steps that I would actually have to do to make that a reality? So it's kind of getting more technical here of like, let's work backwards and actually figure out all of the steps that would need to happen for that to actualize. So like for me, I am wanting to manifest being a really prominent mindset and wellness coach. So what would I need in order to do that? Well, I'm going to start at a really prominent mindset and wellness coach. She would be taking on a lot of clients. Okay. From there, what would she need to do before she took on a lot of clients? Well, she would probably have to get a lot of practice under her belt. Okay. So before she gets a lot of practice under her belt, what would she need? She'd probably need a certification. Okay. Before she needs her certification, what would she need before that? So it's like working backwards, right? And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, so that end goal is being a really prominent, you know, mindset and wellness coach, but you get so granular and really specific and like break everything down, every step down, and you get to the what can I do now step. So it's working backwards from your dream. For me, for a while, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the podcast or do YouTube or do social media. I was trying to figure out Okay, I knew what my message was. I knew what I wanted to put out into the world. I didn't know exactly how I wanted to put it out there. And so I think just in the last month, I've really realized the podcast is what I want to use to get that out there. And so for me, another thing I'm trying to manifest is like, I want this podcast to be on a network one day. Like, I want to be a big podcast name. And so having that as my my big dream. How can I work backwards from that? Okay, well, if I was on Dear Media, if say that's my dream, okay? If I wanted this show to be on Dear Media, what would be the step before that? Well, I'd probably need to get into contact with Michael Bostick and all of the people and get an interview. Okay, well, what would be before that? Well, I would probably have to get more more notoriety on my podcast, right? Like get more downloads, really work my numbers up. Okay, so what would be before that? Well, before I, I actually got my numbers to a place where I could talk about being on a network with people, I'd probably need to do a lot more marketing and and be on other people's podcasts so that I can get my name out there. Okay, so what's the step before that? Well, I would actually probably need to like put my own podcast out there and record episodes. Okay, so what's the step before that? Well, I would probably need to come up with a name and like uh, do a photo shoot so that it looks great. Like you see what I'm saying? It's working backwards from that big dream so that that dream one not only feels tangible, but two feels realistic because you're starting with what can I do now? And you have a clear roadmap of that little step of what you're doing now leading to that end goal. 
So that's the dream big backwards method that I feel like is really good to utilize after you've done the beliefs, after you've done the mindset, after you've done the self-talk work that all of these manifestation trends on the internet are teaching you, right? So that's what you do after dream big backwards, okay? The other one that I just really want to stress before I I talk more about it is moving things from the subconscious to the conscious mind, right? So the thoughts, the beliefs, and the emotions. I think that a big part of why I think the internet has like ruined manifestation too is that it just basically suggests that like once you do a little bit of the work, like you can wipe your hands clean and you're done with it. Or once you've done a little bit of the work, you can write it down and you're done with it. It's like writing down like money comes easily to me from places known and unknown. Like I can't even tell you how many times I used to write that on my damn journal before I really understood what manifestation took to actually become real. And uh, like, were there some days that I would write that on my, on my journal and I would get like a random 200 bucks? Yeah, sure. But like, did it work every single time? And did it work to the, to the extent that I wanted it to? No, because I wasn't doing the actual action steps that it takes to do that. And the other piece of what I was saying from subconscious to the conscious mind is that I didn't understand that like, this is a constant journey of doing the work. Okay. It's not enough to just clear some beliefs you know, work on your, your self-talk, work on the unprocessed emotions and then call it a day. Like you're not going to do it just once. You have to keep going back, keep auditing the things that are living in your subconscious because what will happen is that you might realize that you're manifesting something and it's just not coming to fruition. You're doing all the things, right? Like you're, you're, you're doing the self-talk work, you're doing the beliefs work, you're doing all the things and you're taking the action steps. You're doing the dream big backwards. You're taking the small, what can I do now action steps. You're doing your vision board and you're, you're checking with your highest self, but it's still not happening. And what you need to do there is go back to the drawing board, which to me is what is living in your subconscious? What are the beliefs that are still ruminating in your subconscious that are holding you back from actualizing this? And you're going to find that like you take three steps forward, you're going to take five steps back. You take seven steps forward, you're going to take two steps back. Like it's a constant high vibe, low vibe, high vibe, low vibe. You know, things are happening. Things aren't happening. Things are happening. Things aren't happening. It's a dance. It's the yin and the yang. Okay. So I, I really want to stress like all of these theories and practices and strategies, they're good in theory. Okay. But when it comes to like them being applicable, we have to understand that it needs to involve not just the mind and the soul, but also the body, the actual action steps. And then when the action steps aren't working anymore, we need to go back to the mind and the soul. We need to use all three of these at the same time. But when the when the body isn't working, when the action that we're taking isn't working, we need to go back and we need to figure out what are the beliefs that might be holding me back here? What are the emotions that may, maybe are are not being processed that might make for blockages and make me not being open to these, to receiving everything that I want? Or what is the self-talk that's going on in my mind that's stopping me from going out and actually doing the thing, even if I don't think that it's stopping me? Because that's the thing is you'll realize that when you get more aware, you also become smarter and like, you'll, you'll learn how to like 
take shortcuts if that makes sense. Like you're, you're going to learn that like you do a bunch of clearing, you get really clear and then you, you actualize something. And then like the more you, you go on this journey, you're going to realize that like, you're going to get really good at like being like, Oh, I actually don't want to do that shadow work. I'm just going to like go over here and like try to do this that I know that works or do this that I know that works or has worked in the past. And like, it doesn't work that way because I've done that so many times where like I, you know, I, I did all the work and then I actualized something and then I just kind of stayed stagnant and was like, eh, I don't have work to do. Like I'm actually okay right now. And yeah, that's, that is true sometimes, but also a big part of like, things not working is you don't want to, you don't want to check yourself. Like you, if things aren't actualizing, if your manifestations aren't becoming a reality, it's almost a 99% chance that it's you standing in your way. Like truthfully, because what you don't realize is that all of these things that you're perceiving to be standing in your way are actually a reflection of what your internal world. So for like, for, for me, for example, I thought that, you know, um, because I, I didn't have daycare five times a week for both my boys because I, you know, I'm a working mom. I thought that because they didn't have daycare five times a week, like, oh, I I couldn't do certain things in my business because I didn't have childcare cover those other two days. But like, is it the childcare that's standing in my way? Or is it like me not being smarter with my time that's standing in my way? You know what I mean? And I think it's it's, you know, the conversation here is like, the internet makes things look so pretty. That's what the internet is here to do. If we haven't learned that enough already, like, hi, I'm here to tell you that. Like, the internet wants to make things look pretty. But the truth is, in deep internal work to manifest the reality that you want, it's not always pretty. It's quite fucking ugly at times. It's hard. It's a hard truth. It's a hard pill to swallow because it means that you have to bring your ego down a lot. And what is the ego? It's where all of our identity lives. And so when we like strip away at the ego and it's not to kill the ego, but it's a, it's about seeing where the ego is maybe holding us back. But when we learn how to like chip away at the 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 parts of our ego that are keeping us small we also chip away at the identity that we we once knew and that's really fucking uncomfortable to come into like contact with is like ooh i'm like stripping away a huge part of me that i identified with but no longer do because it's holding me back that's uncomfortable because I don't know what that means for me, right? Like any form of change, our brain is like, oh my God, sirens, what's going on? But like that is beautiful too because that's when you know like you're you're getting that much closer to connecting back with your soul and seeing your true identity, right? So like we need ego because ego really does give us a lot of like our identity, but it's about like how – how can I use ego and soul together? How can I use mind and soul with the body? How can I use manifestation in the sense of like being pretty with like the self-talk and like the lucky girl syndrome and all the things with the actual uncomfortable work that is needed to actualize these things? And so that's really why I think manifestation has kind of been ruined on the internet is not because 
you know, all of these things are wrong. Like I'm not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I just think that the way that it's presented on the internet is so surface level. And if you really want to do the work, if you really have big dreams and big goals that you want to actualize in this lifetime, you got to go deeper. You have to go deeper than what the internet is showing you, what TikTok trends are showing you, what lucky girl syndrome is showing you, what like writing out your manifestation three fucking times on your, on your notepad is, is, is telling you, you know? So those are my thoughts. (laughs) And because I'm such an action girly, it's my Virgo rising being like, here are some takeaways for you. Here are some things you can do after listening to my rant about why the internet fucked up manifestation. (laughs) I am going to offer you guys some things, some things you can do. Okay. So number one is literally go through all of those action steps that I said, do the dream big backwards method, you know, ask your, your highest self what it would do. Really go back to the drawing board of your subconscious mind and see what's living there. If your actions aren't manifesting and then, so like that's doing it on your own, right? Like do, do all of those things on your own. Okay. But if, you still need more work or you're still just craving like more guidance, more education, then I have the perfect program for you. And this is not to sell you on a program of mine because like I would not be doing this type of work if I wasn't fucking passionate about it and didn't think it worked. One, this is my passion and I've always been somebody from from such a young age where I just I knew that I was not going to be able to do something if my heart wasn't in it and this is like the thing that I've created in such a long time that my heart is so in and so I would just be remiss not to offer it to you after telling you guys about manifestation and like why it might not be working for you guys and so I have a 5 week course it's called the cultivating connection experience And really, this is a group course, meaning it is a course where you're going to be learning about how to release limiting beliefs, how to uncover these emotions that might be standing in the way of you actualizing your potential, how to get to know your subconscious mind, heal and and reconnect with your inner child, discover your human design so that you can apply it to the way that you're taking action on your dreams, and then how to actually visualize and actually how to manifest. Okay. So I, I walked you guys through it, but in the course, I'm going to be showing you how you can make your vision boards and then take specific aligned action based on those vision boards. So it's five weeks of video learning modules and journal prompts and a community feed, but it's also five group calls. So group, group calls, meaning we would all get on a zoom call live. And if you can't make the calls live, they're recorded for you to watch afterward. But basically we would get on a call and it would, I would lead these, like I do my cultivating connection circles, which are meditations and then live journaling prompts. But also it's a group discussion. We're going to talk about the things that you learned that week. We're going to talk about the things that might be holding you back, the beliefs that you uncovered, your human design, your visualizations, your manifestations, all of the things. So if you're craving community, if you're craving more clarity in your life and you're craving more confidence to actually go out and do the thing that you want to fucking do in your life, this is the course for you. My five-week Cultivating Connection experience, this is the course for you. If you are interested, DM me on Instagram or I'm going to have a link below in the show notes where you can either submit an application or just book a discovery call with me. Anybody who submits an application or DMs me on Instagram is going to have to book a discovery call anyway because 
I I want to make sure that this is this is an aligned fit for everybody, you know, not just you, not just me, but also for the other women in the group. We have seven spots left. So three spots are already taken. We have seven spots left and we launch on May 22nd. So I already ran the first cohort. It was amazing. I post a lot about the testimonials and the, the women's experience on my Instagram. So go check that out if you're wanting to have some like tangible results from this program. But again, if you are like, you listen to this episode and you're like, I, this, this makes so much sense to me and I want to, I'm ready to do the deep inner work. I'm ready to get a little uncomfortable. Then this is the program for you. So my five week course, the cultivating connection experience, we launched May 22nd, DM me, submit an application, or just go ahead and book a discovery call. Other than that, I am available on Instagram for you to connect with. I am just about connection and empowerment and confidence. And I I think that community is like such a missing link in this conversation of wellness that we're not having. Being a mindset and wellness coach, I think like that was the biggest realization for me was like, oh, it's actually not wellness if you're isolating yourself to eat healthy and move your body in the way that you want because community and like socializing and human connection is such a big part of our health. That's also going to be a podcast episode soon. (laughs) So I'm always about connecting with people. If you want to shoot me a DM, if you live in Denver area, reach out to me. I love grabbing coffee. If you like this episode, please give it a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let me know how you liked it on Instagram. Just DM me or put a comment down below in my latest post. I will see you guys in the next one. I upload new episodes every Monday and I have some exciting changes happening in the podcast. And before your heart drops into your stomach, if you've been literally with me since the beginning, I have said that so many times. Guys, I have a new thing that I'm going to be doing. Oh, I'm going to call the podcast something new. I'm going to do something different. I am going back to my roots with this one and it feels so motherfucking aligned and I will let you guys know what it is when it happens, but just know that nothing really is changing. I'm just going back to my roots and it feels really damn good. So Again, find me on Instagram at JustMans and then leave a rating and review on this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you in the next one. I love you.